Welcome back to the Weekly Struggle Podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Caden Henninger, and today I have a very special guest with me, Justin Whitlock, Officer Whitlock. Something like that. Yeah, how's it going, Justin? <laughs> good, man. How are you? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. You know, just living life. And uh, well, what have you been up to? Just working. I'm on graveyard shift now, so it's been quite the uh, process to adjust. I'm living my whole life on day shift. You got the kind of the same crappy schedule as me though right yeah i'm 6 p.m to 6 a.m oh yeah so that's true graveyard yeah and then your days like what's your schedule it's like a typical week for me um so right now i work weekend shift uh so i'm saturday through like monday and i work every other friday uh so basically a typical day for me on a work day um I'll get up at like noon. I'll try to sleep for a couple hours. Uh, like I'll get up, try to make some food, do whatever, go back to sleep. And then I'm up by about four o'clock. I'll get ready. Oh, there goes some of my gear. Uh, so I'll get up, I'll head in about five o'clock. And then yeah, I start my shift. I'm off at about six. If, if it's a good day, I'm off at six. Then I go home, sleep till you know about noon and do it all over again, days off. I try to stick with the same schedule. That way I'm not always passing out at uh, at work. So, yeah. So you guys just live off of energy drinks or? Coffee, coffee? man. Coffee, coffee and donuts. Is that a true thing? You know, honestly, not really. I know some guys eat donuts. Me personally, no. I don't do energy drinks either. I just, I'm a big coffee guy. So I used to drink Red Bulls, but then I just started switching to the old coffee. So. What's your coffee cup say? So my coffee cup, I got this from a friend of mine. It says, I never dreamed I'd grow up to be a sexy cop, but here I'm killing it. I don't know how much truth is behind that, but it's a good cup. Yeah, it's, it's pretty true. Okay, thanks, man. Yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> so your your uh, your kit just broke the coat hanger and fell on the floor. That's how heavy it is. How much does it weigh? That itself, I'm not sure. Me, with all my gear on, uh, I'm about 203 pounds. Uh, before gear, I'm about 170. So I got about 30-some-odd pounds of gear on. Damn. Yeah. Yep. That's a lot of weight. Yeah. You think you're in shape, man, then you go on a K9 track with all your gear on and you're like, damn, I'm way out of shape. Go on a what? K9 track. So when you're following with the dog, trying to find somebody and you have oh. to run with the dog, like you have to keep up with him. So, well, they're on a leash, aren't they? Or are they just, yeah, they're on a leash. So you have the dog, then you have the, uh, the, the other officer who that's his canine. And when he's got the canine, like you're his protection, right? Cause his, his sole responsibility is that dog, right? He can't run with a weapon or anything on him. So you have to run with him and make sure you're his protection in case something goes wrong. So you're hustling with the dog. Jeez. So his dog is his weapon. Yeah, basically. And then yeah. all he has is a sidearm. Yep. He only carries a sidearm. And yep. a taser. Yep. Wow. Yeah. But that stuff Crazy. stays in. He's like I said, his sole responsibility is just that dog at that point in time. So it's up to me or whoever else is tracking to make sure that we make sure he's protected. So, so in training, did you guys have to do like, uh, <laughs> I know with like wildland firefighting, you had to simulate like having a pack. So they have you do a pack test, basically a weighted vest or. Yeah, no, just... we, we didn't do anything like that. Um, a lot of our training was just like physical fitness every day. Um, every morning you work out for an hour. That's kind of, that's kind of their thing. Everything else is kind of up to you. Um, like this job is solely depending on how well you take care of yourself. So having that weighted vest and stuff like that's a huge advantage if you work out with that. Cause so I didn't before I never really worked out with a vest. Um, and now that, now that I got here and started running with the dog, it's a game changer. So now I make sure to do extra cardio with a little weight behind me. So 
Yeah, I can't even remember the last time I had to run. <laughs> it sucks. It's been a long time. <laughs> yeah, dude, running is not fun. It's it's my worst. I hate doing it, but some days I just got to suck it up and do it. Because like I said, on uh, canine tracks, it's just if you're one of the guys who's there first, you're going with them. So you got to make sure you keep up with the pack. So, yeah. Man. Yeah, I would fail that. It's tough. I'm, we did it, I'm doing uh, it, what, two weeks ago? We had a canine track. It was about a mile, mile and a half. And it was like... Uh, 80 some odd degrees outside. It was like one week where I worked a week a day shift and it was, dude, it was brutal. It was very brutal. I was like, I'm dying in here. Jeez. And you're wearing all your, your gear, all gear. Yep. We have a jumpsuit. It's like a big old onesie. <clears throat> Got your duty belt with like your gun and all your stuff on it. Then you have your external vest. Um, and then you have your big old boots on. So yeah, you're trekking. Jeez. So that your duty belt, it snaps like your, that jumpsuit has, yep. It has like straps or whatever that yeah, hold the belt so, on it. Yeah, so it's got four clips on it that hold it in place. Um, like one of them goes around where your gun is to make sure like if you have to draw your weapon, it's stable. That way you're not like pulling up on your uh, your belt at the same time. And they're like I said, they're all around. Because um, on my vest or on my belt itself, I carry my gun, which is on my right hand side. And then directly in front of my gun, about a couple inches, I have my handcuffs. Then I have a flashlight on the other side. And then I have my rifle magazine. So I try to keep, due to my belt real estate size, I don't have the biggest waist. So majority of my stuff, as you can kind of see, stays on my um, on my external vest. So. so does it actually squeeze your waist? Or is it just pulling just, on your yeah, it's onesie? Just, it's like, are you talking the, the belt itself? Yeah. The belt just feels like man it just feels like a normal belt like you kind of feel a little bit of weight on your hips but i have mine fit and snug to where when i put it on it's got a little bit of tension to it so that way it's not flopping um but it doesn't really bother me that much i mean like after a long day you kind of get a little little rubbing but that's about it that's good i was gonna say because if it's just riding on that your onesie i mean that's putting a lot of more weight on just your shoulders along with yeah your vest and the external too my external vest that's snug um so that's that stays on me pretty tight so that's a little different thing to get used to having that kind of weight and kind of having a little bit of pressure on you uh you don't want it loose so it doesn't flop around and then be somebody trying to use that against you you know what i mean right. if i'm getting into a fight with somebody last thing i want them to be able to get their hands inside my vest and i'm not the biggest dude man so if a guy big enough can grab a hold of me and start shaking me he can throw me like a rag doll so yeah yeah try to avoid doing that but yeah let's, you know what i mean let's, let's hope that doesn't ever happen <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> So let's let's get into like what it's like to become a, a police officer, like the things you have to like if say some guys on the street or whatever says, uh, hey, what's it take to become a police officer, like start to finish? Yeah, man, that's the million dollar question. I actually get asked all the time. Um, so it starts out with there's either public safety testing, uh, which I believe fire uses the same thing as well. Yeah, that's what I've been studying. Yeah. So there's that. And there's also national safety testing. I've only used them once, so I'm not too familiar with how they operate. But majority of the time, so you start with public safety testing, you go online, uh, you select the state you want to work for. I think public safety only does like the West Coast, if I remember correctly, but I could be wrong. Um, so like you're going to select Washington. It'll tell you all the agencies that have openings. Just make sure you select entry level because they'll say like lateral. And that's obviously somebody who's already a cop. And then you select all the agencies you want. They're going to charge you a fee. I'm not too sure how much it is. Like, I think if you pay like 35 bucks or something like that, it'll give you like four agencies or like, I think when I tested, I selected 15 agencies and it was like $120, I think, or something like that. And that's them sending your scores to all those agencies after you pass. Yep. Oh, okay. So what you'll do 
After you selected that, you'll go to the next screen. It'll tell you, hey, you can schedule your uh, your physical and your written test at the same day. And it'll give you different testing locations. So there's like, there's some in Everett. There's one in um, Olympia. I think they do the one still at Burien at CJTC. I'm not 100% sure. They used to when I very first started testing, but I'm not sure if they do anymore. So basically, once you schedule your location, you show up, you take your written test. It's about three hours, I think, if I remember correctly. Um, and then after that's done, you go do your physical, which they do shortly after, which I believe is 25 push-ups and 20 sit-ups or something like that. It's either how I'm flip-flopped. Then you have to do 35 squat thrusts in three minutes. So that's your that's your physical right now. You used to have to run a bunch, um, but they don't do that anymore. They got rid of that a couple of years back. Uh, so then once that's completed, you're done on your physical, you're written, your scores get sent off to your agency and then they'll email you and they'll say, Hey, congratulations, blah, blah, blah. The next step is to fill out your personal history questionnaire, which public safety testing has one that you fill out automatically. Um, and it's long, man. It's like, it's your whole life story, right? From the time you could basically say your first word, they want to know everything you've ever done. Um, it's like 50, I think it's like 50 pages or something. Jeez. Yeah. And the worst part is when the agencies that you've applied for, when they email you, they sometimes have their own version of a personal history questionnaire that you have to do. So you're like, it's a lot of copying and pasting. Um, so then once that's done, some agencies do it a little differently. Uh, it's like after that's completed, they either start your background or they'll immediately invite you in for an oral board. It just kind of depends on the agency. So once your background investigation is clear, I always tell people, man, if you're doing the personal history questionnaire, just if you can think of it in your mind, whether or not if it's going to affect you getting hired, just put it down. Dude, it could be something stupid, right? Like I kicked a dog in fifth grade, like, David, put, just put it down. Like we all do weird stuff. We've all done dumb stuff in our past. Like just make sure you put it all down because if they catch you lying about it or not disclosing it, that to them is like a big red flag, right? So that's my best advice. Anybody who's trying to do this job, just anything you can think of if it pops into your mind while you're filling it out just write it down like and that's the thing man people think becoming a cop like you have to be the perfect human being they don't man like honestly a lot of agencies don't want perfect human beings um so once you complete your background uh, if you go in for your oral board they'll say hey great job pass you on to the next then you go do your polygraph which is actually like the stuff you see in the movie dude it's actually kind of cool they put you in a room like a dark well it's not like really that dark but completely like sealed off room you go and you sit down in this chair and it's got like sensors all over it <laughs> they hook your hands up the sensors like they haven't had like butt pads you sit on and stuff like that and they put your arms the arms got like sensors on it so they'll ask you like a million questions just it's just all about your background packet so that's all it is it's just whether or not you told the truth on your background packet and you know people always are like oh well the polygraphs they're not admissible in court like this is bs but i have to do this it's like well dude they're smarter than i am and obviously there's things they're looking for so it's just part of the process you know what i mean so just go through your process and you shouldn't have to worry about it if you're telling the truth about everything right, right. i've always tell people so once that's done if you pass that that to me once you pass the polygraph is like your final brick that you have to get over like once you get over that brick wall the last part's a psychological exam where they just ask you like 600 questions a psychologist does like you know just like typical questions and then you meet with them like the next day or the same day and they're like hey tell me about blah 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 this answer why you why you selected i disagree to it or whatever um that's done man then you go in you do your medical exam they do like your basic checkup you know draw your blood make sure you don't have anything weird going on with you. you don't have no heart conditions you can see you're not colorblind and then yeah man you sign your final offer and you get ready for the academy so yep so the you'd have to be picked up by an agency though right to go to the academy yeah yep so the agency will uh, pay for you to go through 
and you also get paid while you're in the academy as well so but that's if one of them selected yes you. So yep. you said you sent yours to 15 agencies yeah it was like it was like 14 or 15 i mean i i was trying to be a cop for quite a while and then i stopped i didn't think i was mature enough at the time when i was trying when i was like 21 22 um and at the time i was definitely kind of being dumb you know like i said man being a cop, they don't want perfect people, at least from my experience. You know what I mean? They want people with like life experience and have gone through some stuff. And uh, I'm the first to admit, man, I'm not perfect. I've done things I shouldn't have done, made some mistakes. It is what it is. I've grown from them though. I've owned up to my stuff and learned from it. Um, and once I was able to do that and accept those things that I did previously, it made becoming a cop like a lot easier and a lot better, right? Because I was actually doing it for the reasons that I really wanted to, not for this other stuff. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah, that's a big thing, man. Um, but yeah, once you once the agency picks you up, they send you through the academy. So, so that was just that's happens in between you going and doing all of the questions and polygraph and stuff. Uh, what does getting picked up? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, once you complete the polygraph and your psychological and everything, um, so that's the process, right? So it's like your polygraph, you do your psychological, your psychological interview, then you get your final offer. Then after you sign it, then they get you your academy date. So the final offer is an offer from an agency. Yeah, you're employed. So what they'll do is if you actually pass your oral board, they'll give you what they call a conditional offer, which means like, hey, if you pass the rest of the stuff, we have a spot for you. Oh, so, okay. A lot of people, though, they make the, they have the, the concept in their mind like oh i received a conditional offer so they withdraw from every other agency right but then they end up losing their spot because something happened the rest of the way through the process so i always tell people sign the conditional offer continue through your process but don't give up on these other agencies because you never know right so anything can ever happen so until you actually have signed that physical your final offer you don't technically have a legit offer you know what i mean right so that's why i tell people just go all the way through the process sign the conditional whether you signed a conditional with five other agencies or not just keep on going through it so i mean it sounds a lot like the firefighter process i think they're dang near almost the same yeah from yeah. what i heard it sounded pretty much the same exact yeah. thing i mean th obviously the tests are going to be different but like the psychological stuff i think that's probably the same yeah. Thing. I don't know if they polygraph firefighters, but it, I mean, probably. Yeah, I don't know. That's actually a good question. I don't know if I would presume so. I think actually, I think they do. Yeah, I would think that would all yeah. of that would kind of still be the same. Just, just the only different thing would probably be like the uh, obviously the physical test and then the written is obviously going to be. I mean, some parts of it might be the same. I actually I think a lot of the fire test is like very similar. Like I, think, I, I haven't done the fire test, but um the written test like it's like some geography questions like if you have a basic understanding of geography it's a weird test man it's not like people think it's like you have to think a certain way in order to pass that test like it's weird you take the test and it's almost like i was never smart in school like yeah. i have the worst add on the planet man so me i see 10 million things at once and i'm like bouncing around but that test is very interesting it's it it's it's interesting you'll see like I've, I've done this practice i have this practice booklet thing yeah i don't know if i'm supposed to have uh yeah i think you can have the yeah because they have like three or four of them i think yeah so they there was three quizzes in there there's or tests and it's like test a b and c and all three of them they seem to be like the same exact thing except for the farther along i get like b is like the same stuff as a but 
little more difficult and then you get on to C and it's the same stuff but the just like they reword everything and then make it a lot harder to figure out because it's like it starts with um like reading basically it's like oh you read this paragraph and select which line has a misspelled word or something like that yeah and then then you go on to more like thinking process stuff with like it shows you three three stories of a building and it's like oh there's say there's a fire over here in this corner with the x and your engine's 130 feet outside of the main entrance and then like on the diagrams it shows you how many feet each room is or whatever and so then you got to calculate how many sections like 50 foot sections of hose you need to reach that fire in the corner yeah and there's a lot of trick questions in there and stuff and then there's weird things like three gears and it's like if this gear is going to turn this way and this red dot is here and these blue dots are here and then it shows you another picture but then the red dots here after it spins how where are the other dots going to be and so it makes you do stupid stuff like that police one is very similar it's it's honestly like very similar um they ask you a lot of the same questions yeah it's like common sense thinking and problem solving yeah they do stuff like they'll have like in the practice test which i always recommend if you're gonna take without giving it away the best thing i can say is get the practice test online it'll be your saving grace trust me just that's about all i can say but get the practice test It'll and then you. your scores are good for a year, right? Or some agencies, yeah. like six months. Yeah. So I think it's good for a year. And then from the time you take your test, you're, you're written. If you don't take the physical the same day, I think you have 90 days. I think you have three months to do your physical, um, which I always tell people if you're, dude, if you're going there to do your written, just do your physical. Like when I did in Olympia, so that's when I tested, I tested it uh, in like downtown Olympia. Um, did the did the written then I walked outside to like the parking garage and just did the physical with them and it was done in like 15 minutes so what would what is the physical for a police officer what do you have to do so the physical is okay I'm, I might have these backwards but I think it's 20 push-ups in a minute and 30 seconds oh that's easy yeah you got to do 25 sit-ups in a minute and 30 seconds so they're, they're two separate. They're two very separate things. And then you have to do 35 squat thrusts in three minutes. That's it. There's no running. There's no nothing. Squat thrusts. Yeah. See, so like you like squat down and like jump up. Oh. Yeah. It's like a, what is that? A burpee without the burp. Without the. Without the, yeah, that like the dropping down to the ground part. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait, no. Do you drop down the ground? No, you do. Yeah, you do drop down to the ground. Shit, I can't remember. I think I think you drop down to the ground now that I think about it. This turned into it. a not video podcast. Yeah. It broke. Oh, did it? Oh well. Oh well. That's all right. That's fine. Um, but yeah, so that's that's all it is. It used to be running. You used to have to run. So when I first took the test a couple years ago, you had to run a mile. You had to run a mile, or was it a mile and a half? And then you had to do a three hundred meter sprint. But that's all gone. So. Huh. Yeah. Weird. Mm-hmm. I wonder what the firefighting physical is nowadays so probably involves stairs i just they um so when i was kind of first hired on pre-academy um i worked in the same vicinity as the uh the fire training academy they were all very close and they were uh 
they were doing some pretty intense stuff, man. It'd be like 80 degrees outside, dude. And they're in like full gear, like doing stuff. That's rough. That's brutal. Yeah. Yeah. It was brutal. We but. did extrication training, like cutting cars apart and stuff in Easton one day. And it was like, I want to say it was like 90 degrees out and we're all in our full gear and everything. Yeah, no way. We were cooking. Dude, I'd die in just my small gear, man. Oh yeah. I bet. <laughs> so I couldn't imagine being in that full fire gear, but what do they call it? A, a C, a CPAT? Or CPAP, the CPAP machine. <laughs> no, what are you talking the, about? Oh, the, the, oh, the physical for fire, fire. Yeah, firefighter CPAT. Pat CPAT. That's isn't what. there a CPAP machine too though? This, I think that's CPAP. CPAP. Okay, maybe gotcha. CPAT test. Um, let's see, hose drag. Step mill, which is probably just a stair climber. That's why it's so important to join a gym with a step mill and get yourself a vest. Oh, yeah. So they're saying wear a weighted vest that probably weighs as much as a um, a CBA. That makes sense. I mean, especially because, like I said, you guys are wearing that stuff all the time. Yeah, and then stair climb with it. Because, I mean, you got to... If you live in a city area that has, you know multiple stories and there's stuff like that. I mean, you're going to be, you're going to be yeah. running upstairs in full gear. Yeah. We have some guys who use like those, uh, I think Amazon even sells them, man. They're like the 20 pound weight vest. It's just got the little, like the weights in front of it in the back of it. A lot of those guys, they use those. And they, yeah, I think the wildland pack test, it was a, um, well, they have like weight pouches and so you can take weights out. Oh, cool. Okay. It's just like a little Velcro thing and it's like a, like a little pouch or packet that weighs yeah. like a pound or okay. five pounds or whatever. And you just, you can stick them in. It's like a six pack and you can oh, take you them out. So I think that pack test was 45 pounds, but that weighs, I think that weighs much more than a, a CBA. Cause I mean, those aren't too terrible. Those probably are only like 25, 30 pounds maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I think that, I think practicing or practicing for that might be a good idea. Highly recommend it. <laughs> Just because <laughs> I, I want to make sure I'm somewhat in shape before yeah. I do it. And I but. always say it's just do as much as you can. Cause like I worked out quite a bit before starting the process. Um, and it made a big difference, man. Like you just kind of feel more confident in your ability to, to complete that stuff. Cause obviously your, your stress, my stress level is super high. I'm one of those people who dude, it's weird, man. I can be on a call doing whatever, and it could be a stressful situation and I'll be fine. But somebody could be like, all right, dude, go up here and complete this physical test in front of everybody. And I'll dude, I'll just, my blood pressure bro goes to the moon <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, damn, am I going to go into like heart attack mode right now? So, yeah. um, I think that was a big help too, man. It's just working out extra hard. Um, I ran at nighttime a lot. I try to run at least like a mile or two. Nothing like crazy and strenuous, but just trying to stay steady. That way you could comfortably complete those things. And it helps out a lot, man. It takes a lot of the stress off because you know, right? Like going in, you're like, okay, dude, I got this physical part. I got the stuff in the bag. Now I just got to pass the written, which for me was honestly the hardest part, um, which I passed it. But like I said, not being the smartest kid in school, like I was always kind of like, like limbo. So I didn't ever, never was getting hundred percent, nothing like that. I was just always kids just kind of just chilling in the back of the class. You know what I mean? So, um, having the ability to have that physical done 
was makes things a lot easier so yeah i gotta look into that you said it's uh what was the testing site uh public safety testing.com yeah i think that's the one that they told me to use yeah and then they have locations all over the place all over yeah so and i do know too that like a lot of i'm like i said i'm not i'm not too familiar with the fire guys but i got a couple friends who are firefighters and um a lot of them are actually going to like puget sound fire which um i'm not too sure like how that all operates but to my understanding it's like they're just like becoming like one big department supposedly i'm not too sure how it how it's all flowing i talked to my buddy about it a couple weeks ago and that's kind of what he was saying because he was a part of uh he's a part of tuck will and tuck will just went to puget sound fire so and i think east side fire is expanding too they're not actually on the east side oh really yeah it's kind of odd yeah, East Side Fire is like North Bend and then Snoqualmie Ridge area, Issaquah, Bellevue, and then I think it goes north up to like Woodenville. So it's pretty big. Oh, so they go deep. Oh, yeah. Dang. So I don't know how much farther it goes, but it's yeah, it's pretty dang big. Because don't you volunteer for one of them now or like you work for one of them or something? I, I, I did in Easton. You did in Easton. But now I moved back over yeah. here. But yeah, I don't know. I thought about maybe trying to volunteer in like Enumclaw somewhere. It's just like, yeah, I think I'm just going to go for it. Yeah, because you volunteered for a while, right? Yeah, it was like two years. Yeah. So you've already got some experience under your belt. I mean, I could have got way more experience, but I mean, there's a lot of calls I skipped out on. Yeah. But I mean, I got a little taste of it. Yeah. I think I would really like it if I was getting paid to, to do it. It's fun, man. I always tell people it's, I know like with the fate of how everything's going nowadays, especially being a cop, you know, you have a, people have a different outlook on you, not, you know, kind of makes it kind of gives you a crappy feeling sometimes, but to know this job is very selfless, man. So it's kind of like you do a lot of things behind closed doors that people, not everybody sees, right? You're out here saving people, doing things like, I mean, you're tending to them at their worst, right? Like, like you're doing for the fire department. Um, and I always tell people, man, it's the most rewarding experience, right? When you, when somebody calls for help and you can just go help them, right? Right. So, and it's one of those things that's, man, you don't do it for the paycheck. You don't do it for the benefits. You do it because it's, it's truly like what you want to do, right? Because at the end of the day, like, yeah, would I much rather be making a million dollars a year? 100%. But to be able to do this job and know that I'm making impact on people and being part of the younger generation, right? 26 years old, it's, I guess it, you're trying to defeat that stigma of, you know, how law enforcement's perceived and looked at these days. Cause I'm still the same doofus that I was back in high school, man. The only difference is, is I run around with a uniform on and help people. Like the way I'm talking to you right now is the way I talk to people on the street, you know? So yeah, I think that's one of the most important things that um, you got to keep in mind is that the way I see it, man, like they're human dude at the end of the day, like that's somebody's daughter, that's somebody's son or whatever, that's somebody's mom or dad and growing up i had like a rough childhood you know so before i was adopted and it definitely gives you a different perspective on life to where it's like yeah man like you may be on drugs you know and it's like dude i don't think you're a bad person i just think you got bad luck you know that's the way that i perceive it but obviously there's there's bad people out there right you know there's murderers there's there's people who are committing committing serious crimes that like there's truly evil in this world but for the most part man like our day to day with running into people it's just brian can treat you any different like yeah dude you're just kind of a ding dong it is what it is man let's let's get your stuff squared away and get you get you rolling you know so yeah i mean people have issues 
But I mean, I think everybody, everybody deserves a, you know, a second chance. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, some people though, you can help them so so many times, and nothing ever changes. But I mean, it's their your job. So yeah, and that's the thing, man. It's it's like yeah, we have our we have our uh, our usual customers that <laughs> that we deal with every day. Frequent flyers. We got our frequent flyers, man. But at the end of the day, man, it's not my job to. Like, I hate being the one. I don't like to, like, if somebody's going through something, dude, I don't like to not criticize them, but be like, hey, man, you should really be doing this. It's like, okay, dude, you're an adult, man. You know, like, what you're doing is wrong, right? So it's not my job to sit there and tell you, like, what you're doing wrong. It's just, I don't man. Sometimes people just need to be heard. You know what I mean? So it's like, I just try to get people's story and figure out, like, like what's going on, man? Like, why are you, what got you here? You know what I mean? And how can I help you? And almost people, man, I'll know you, dude, till you either tell me to F off or yeah. you end up letting me get you help. And sometimes, man, people just don't want help. And at the end of the day, you have to be okay with that. Like, at the end of the day, like, I've had people, man, where I've tried to help them and they don't want help. And it's it's kind of sad to see it unfold. But at the end of the day, you're like, dude, I did everything I could. You're an adult, man. You can make your decision. But just know at the end of the day, like, I'm here. If you need me, call me. You know what I mean? And right. so, especially out there on the streets, it's like, I always try to tell people, hey, I'm, I'm here for you. Like, I'm here to help you. And sometimes, man, they just don't want it. So you're just like, okay. Like, Does uh, any higher ups, um, do they frown upon you guys like connecting with people like that? No, man, they, they love that. They encourage um, it. Yeah. They encourage it. I feel like my department is very, very um, much about the community and I think that's that's why I chose the department I did is because everybody's very we kind of have that homey like brother atmosphere and we're not doing it just for the paycheck. Right. Like we're actually out there taking care of the community. We love to interact with them like we do a lot of events like with the community. Um, we do them all the time. And like, man, we worked the parade a couple. I would work the parade a couple weeks ago. God, man, it might have been a couple months ago, actually now. And and parade, man, like I dance with people and stuff like dude, I like we're human dude like we have a good time you know and our i think our department just like likes to see that and they they really like to show it off that we're out there just trying to you know show who we are you know yeah so do you guys have like a float and everything no we don't we don't actually have like anything in the fair well we didn't this year in the parade i don't think um we just kind of help like crowd control oh. so we were standing there like as floats would go by make sure people weren't trying to jump on or do anything crazy so you know they'd come by and hang out with us and people try to talk to us like one of the people got me to dance with them and my commander actually happened to be sitting like directly across the intersection and he's like man i tried to get it on video but it was just too late i was like yeah dude we don't need that on video bro it's all good <laughs> just keep it just keep it between you and i yeah. but you know man like after we're done you know the the crowd behind us they they thought it was hilarious and they loved it you know what i mean so it's just that kind of stuff man that makes you feel good to show that you know just because we've got this crazy cool uniform on like man we're still human you know so right yeah so is uh is it is it true that uh that you guys clash with firefighters or is this like uh oh man come on bro you guys live the dream dude get to go just sleep in your little station you know what i mean cook your food at the end of the day man you know we're all one big family we all look out for each other but it's kind of like that brother brotherly like rivalry that we have going on and yeah. you guys just be out there dude like spraying your fire hoses in the parking lot you know just don't worry it's all good man we we go and make sure everything's good before you guys come in but <laughs> at the end of the day dude we i love our fire crew um they're they're a good group man like and in my personal opinion dude i think this is just me personally speaking i think fire actually deals with a lot more 
trauma than I think we do. And because like there'll be times, man, like where you guys just go handle overdoses on your own, right? Like you don't need us to go to it or whatever the case may be. And, and you know, like if there's a really bad car crash, like I can't cut you out. Like, obviously I can try to, but like if somebody's pinned in there and you the jaws of life, like dude, that's you guys going in and doing that stuff. So I take my hats off to you guys. Cause at the end of the day, man, that's you guys do majority of the, the, the hard work. Yeah. I mean, it's like 80 some odd percent of calls that firefighters go on, especially like around here. I mean, it's all EMS. Yeah. And like in Seattle, I mean, it's, I mean, there's so many homeless people that are, you know, ODing on drugs on the street. And I mean, I think this day and age, I think everybody, they give everybody Narcan. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you have Narcan yep. in your car and whatnot. Yeah, we carry, I carry Narcan like on my person. I have a little uh, Ziploc bag that I just keep in my front pouch on my leg. It's got like chest seals in it, Narcan, it's got gauze. So it's actually pretty cool, man. We... Uh, our department, we did a training called combat aid training. And so it teaches you uh, a little bit more than just the basics about um, catering somebody to their wound or like when something's going on. Like if we're, if fire still is in route and we're the first, cause most of the time, man, we're, we're there pretty fast. Yeah. Um, so, you know, proper tourniquet, you know, putting those on properly, when to use a chest seal, when not to use a chest seal, like when to use the gauze, how to use the gauze, how to properly pack a wound. So, you know, we're almost kind of like, we're kind of like the little itty bitty EMTs, whatever. We're just like, hey, we can we can kind of patch you up until you guys arrive. Um, so it's kind of cool to see us getting a lot more training involved in that aspect of it. Because um, I wish the academy worked a lot more on that, which the academy does not. Man, well, I, they do first aid and CPR and all that, right? Man, I don't even remember if I even. I don't think I even did CPR training. Oh. So I did, well, I did it, sorry, I did it pre-academy. So my department got me AED and CPR certified. Um, but when I was in the academy, dude, if I remember correctly, we we didn't really do much like medical. Like I think I had 30 minutes due to wound pack training. And then I think I had an hour of tourniquet training. Like I think that was it. Well, I mean, that stuff's like tourniquet. I mean, that's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, yeah, pretty simple. Um, but other than that, we... We didn't get that much. A lot of the academy was. Um, I just your Johnny right up there, isn't it? Huh? Your tourniquet? Yeah, it's one of them. I carry two on me, so I carry one for myself, and then I have one for people if they need it. Um, yeah, the academy was a lot of just like shooting a gun, a lot of DT, uh, you know, classroom work stuff like that. So got to go to Evox, so that was pretty cool. What's that? That's your emergency vehicle operator course, or whatever. It's at State Patrol at the academy up there in Shelton. So you oh. go up there for like three days and State Patrol. Those guys, man, they're some of the best drivers. And they take you, like you do this crazy course for a couple of days. And dude, they're driving alongside you, bro, with like a clipboard and their charger going like 60 miles an hour, dude. Like just marking stuff down about like how you're driving. And it's pretty cool, dude. They got a little radio in the car. So like you can, they can talk to you and tell you, hey, do this do this do this and it was fun man so it's it's just three days of just driving a patrol car like and like understanding like what your limits are as a person and like what these cars can actually physically do and it's it's pretty impressive dude those patrol cars are nuts so and what kind of cars were those they were like so one day we drove like 2012 chargers and then the other day or challengers 
which one's a smaller body style? Charger. Getting, charger, yes. We drove the Charger uh, for like one day, like on a high speed course. Um, and then the other days we drove, it was like the 2017, 2018 Explorers. So we drove those for majority of the time. And you guys have ex- mostly Explorers? Yeah. So we've got uh, mostly Explorers. We got a couple brand new ones. Actually, a lot of them are brand new. And then we have a, like two Tahoes, maybe. We have a couple Tahoes, then a couple F 150s. So. Have you came across any of those weird newer ones where the steering wheel buttons activate the lights and stuff? Yeah, that's what mine does. Really? Yeah, like so. Well, like my steering wheel in uh, in our car, like you can click like one, two, and three, or whatever, and it'll change like it'll like turn on the dome light in the back and stuff like that. But it actually doesn't. As far as I'm concerned, it does. The one that we have doesn't actually physically control the the lights, but you can change it on your uh, dial to like you can hit your horn and it'll change the tone but me i don't like that because then like you have to like smack the horn when you try to turn the the sirens off so, like you'll be like on siren one you have to get through like four sirens so then you're like trying to smack the siren to like <laughs> shut them off <laughs> so i just stick to the dial man there's just a, there's just the dial down like by your right hand side and i just like i'll chirp it or whatever yeah i saw like a a tiktok video of some some cop that was got in this new car or something and then they're trying to figure out the siren and they were hitting all these different like buttons on the dash, like the radio and then all this other buttons (laughs) on the steering wheel and everybody's just going ape shit. They couldn't figure out how to turn it off. Yeah, Man, my, uh, my partner, she's, she's hilarious. She's my ride or die. She's, uh, the other day we're responding to like a commercial burglary in progress. And so you gotta be quiet when you show up, right? Like whole points, like you need to just kill your sirens, show up, get set up do whatever but a home girl comes in and she in order to like you got to hit a button down by like your arm to get your get your rifle out home girl just blasts her siren like as we're all being dead silent and i was like all right dude good job i was like way to go team i was like way <laughs> to let them know we're here and so yeah man it's there's a lot of buttons um but really man you only use a couple of them so like my first like week or so it was just like all about trying to figure out like what buttons to hit like you get overwhelmed dude you're like damn i got all these buttons on here i can do all these crazy lights but in actuality you start learning pretty quick that there's really only like three switches you hit you know your lights are either like majority all the way on and your sirens going or your sirens off and your lights are just going especially being graveyard man i don't really use my siren too much um because there's nobody on the road yeah but coming into intersections and stuff i always chirp it turn it on that way people know Ooh. yeah other than that dude it's i don't I try not to use it too much. Yeah. Remember one of our brush trucks, it, I mean, it has like the same kind of the siren thing, but when I would chirp it, it would like kind of go back between the whoop and the. Yeah. It, that's like, exactly I don't what like it does. That one. Yeah. That one's annoying. And they have that other siren that's like, sounds like an electronic dice rolling. I guess you can call it that. I don't even know what you call it. You know what I'm talking about? It makes like that weird chirping, like slot machine noise. It does? Yeah, dude, it sounds so weird. It drives me nuts every time I hear it. So you just sound like a slot machine driving dude, the road? Dude, it sounds weird, dude. It's like... I don't know. I don't know how to describe it to you. Yeah, it just sounds like R2-D2. And I just... I don't know. I just stick to the OG sounds, you know? But yeah, R2-D2 is the best way to describe it, man. I don't know, dude. It sounds like R2-D2 playing a slot machine or something. I don't know. I wish I could describe it to you, but... Oh man, I was gonna new speed tech lights make a one hundred watt emergency vehicle siren. Yep. 
I was going to try to... <laughs> yeah, I wonder if there is. I want to try to find it now. Let's see. <laughs> oh, yeah! No, that's not it. It's... Um, it's not that one. Let me see if I can find it here. Hold up. Um, it's like... Now it's... Nope. None of those. Yeah, no, dude. It's just like... It's like... I don't know. That's funny. Um, so, and I guess it's like supposed to be... From what I was told, I was talking to some some other officers. I guess like a lot of the newer cars with their... Um, they're like trying to be quiet, right? It's like to re prevent road noise and stuff like that, like outside noises when you're driving. I guess that sound like penetrates the car better. Um, it's kind of what I was told. I don't know how much truth is in that, but it's just it's just weird noise, dude. Huh. Yeah. I'll find it and I'll send it to you. It's it's weird, but that's what I was told. I was like, man, I was like, why do we even use this thing? And he's like, well, it's just like these newer cars. It helps penetrate them better, I guess, because of sound waves, I guess. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to hear that. Yeah, it's way above my pay grade, man. So I just, whatever, dude. And that's in your car? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that's all the all the cars have them, yeah. Yeah, maybe you'll just have to, like, when you're on shift, just take a video. Take a Snapchat so you can listen to it? Yeah, just blasting it. <laughs> yeah. <down> the... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be funny. Oh, so how long, how long has it been since you've been, like, actually working? Like, out of the academy... So, yeah, man, so I've been at the Academy since, oh, man, when did I graduate? I graduated a couple months ago. So it hasn't been too terribly long. I've been with my department for a year, though. So I did a lot of training pre-Academy. Um, it's pretty cool, man. They actually, you do a lot of training, a lot of, you know, shooting and stuff like that. And then you just go mirror an officer schedule, basically, or you mirror theirs. Like, we have, like, A side and B side. Um, and, then like, you mirror like a side or b side nights or whatever like i was on a side nights for a while for a couple months so like i did ride alongs with them so you kind of get to get a feel for how things operate make sure it's your gig and it's cool man like i said they pay you for all this like you're getting paid full wage um and my department takes training very seriously we actually get a lot more training than most places do so uh yeah you do that um and then, yeah, once I got out of the academy, I had like two weeks, two, three weeks of like post academy because our pistols that we shot with in the academy were just um, iron sights. They switched us over to a red dot after the academy. So trying to learn to shoot with a red dot was a little different. So then they have, do they have to put suppressor height sights on them too? So because your red dot dies? Uh, no, they're just, well. Or do your irons still work? My irons still the, work. Through yeah. the red dot? Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah, irons still work through the red dot. Um yeah, so I had to retrain how to shoot with that because I spent the last, you know, four and a half months at the academy shooting with a, with iron sights. So then for those people that have never shot with a red dot, dude, that thing starts like hopping. You know what I mean? A lot more than your iron sights did. So trying to just be like, whatever, dude. It's, it's in that area where I needed to go. So I'm just going to, it's going to go there, you know? So, right. You know, so that was that was kind of a challenge for me for the first like couple of days of shooting. But then after like a couple hours, man, you kind of, you get comfortable with it. So, but yeah, so we switched over to the red dot. Um, they switch your gun out, but they give you the same gun, if that makes sense. It just has a red dot on it. Oh. Yeah. They don't just give you a different slide with an RMR cut on it? No, they... Because those ones, they save them for the Academy. Oh, yeah. yeah. So... And that gun stays with you. Your Academy gun was with me since, like, 
week two, I think, week one or week two of getting hired on, they gave you that gun and it just it stays with you until uh, you go to the academy and then it goes with you to the academy. But you don't carry it around or anything. It stays in the safe at the department. So, oh yeah. But like every day you show up for your, uh, for pre-academy training and you got your duty belt on, man. Like you always have your gun with you. It's just, they're starting to get you in that repetition, right? Cause most people, you spend your lives not carrying a duty gun every day. Right. So getting in the habit of making sure, like, do I have my gun? Like, you know what I mean? So have it with you at all times. Yeah, exactly. You didn't have any ammo or anything in it at the time, but they just wanted you to get in that habit of carrying it with you. So the only time you'd have ammo is at the range. Yeah, at the range. And then obviously like on duty, our guns are always loaded. So, right. Yeah. So how long was the academy? So the academy was 19 weeks. So it's not too long. It's like four and a half months. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. And it's just, it's just in Berrien. So everybody from all over the state goes there. Uh, they either go there or there's one, I believe in Spokane, I think. I think it's in Spokane. Dude, that's a mob. Yeah. So we had like a lot of guys from like Yakima, Toppenish, like places I've even heard of, dude. I'm like, where are you even from? <laughs> you know, but they're all there and they've got like, they've got dorms, they call them, that you stay in. So it's Monday through Thursday. Um, is it Monday through Thursday? Yeah. Monday through Thursday, you do 10 hour days and then you get Friday, Saturday, Sundays off. So it was a super nice schedule to have for a while. And I never went to college or anything. So the academy was like a mix between like that college experience and learning how to get the fundamentals of being a cop. Well, they make you stay there even though you're not even that far away from home. No, I didn't. I went home. So if you were like more than 30 miles away or something, you could go, you could stay there. And they, they feed you and everything there? Yeah. So every day they have like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, it was, it was all right. You know what I mean? I never really ate that food that much. I always had, yeah. like, I always had like the salad and stuff, but yeah, they have like the, there was like a lady there that had like a coffee stand set up on the inside. So you can get like coffee and like Red Bulls from her. Um, but it was pretty cool, man. Like my class was pretty fun. We had a good time. I keep in touch with a lot of them still, you know, so that's like the biggest takeaway from my man. You just meet some cool people and, you know, we talk all the time, like we exchange stories about like what's going on and how we're doing and, um, and all that good stuff, dude. So it was fun. There was, there's definitely days where things were not planned out accordingly, but you know, they did a good job of making sure that we got done what we needed to get done, you know? But right. Yeah. Yeah. I think if I go to the fire Academy, I think I'd end up going to the one in, north bend or four miles outside of north bend exit 38 oh yeah i've seen that exit for that yeah i'm it's pretty like, sure that's the state fire academy oh is it yeah because i know there's one off of uh 116th and kent oh and i think well so i i know i think they have one there but i'm not 100 sure but i know i've seen that sign for that there's a sign that says fire academy right yeah i think it's actually pretty big is it big deal yeah, those... Uh, but I know there's like two of them. Oh, there is. So I know there's the North Bend one and then maybe the one you're talking about is the second one. I don't know. But there's there's got to be at least a few. Yeah. I think it's a lot more competitive than being a cop, man. Because when I tested to become a cop, there was like 22 people in the room. When I tested a couple years ago, bro, there was like 150. I sat in that room and I was like, damn, <laughs> there's nobody in here. I was like, I really better pass my test. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, I think I counted. I'm pretty sure there was there was 22 people in there. Yeah. 
and I think there was like two fire guys. And I'll tell you what, man, there was a guy sitting behind me and uh, he was like eating chips or something. And I was like, bro, I was like, I'm gonna have a mental breakdown if you don't stop eating chips. Did you tell him that? No, I didn't say nothing. Finally, the guy came over like the test proctor and he's like, you can't eat during the test. The guy's like, well, I have to have like my protein. And the guy's like, well, you can wait till your test is over. He was I, a fire guy, wasn't it, he? I honestly, I don't know. I I didn't pay attention to him enough. All I could hear was just him constantly chewing food. And I was like, bro, I'm going to flip your desk over if you don't stop. He's all about the game. <laughs> dude, he was. That sounds like a fire thing, dude. <laughs> yeah, he probably was. Yeah. No, but I, uh, like I said, man, I give, I give those fire guys kudos, dude, because you guys do go through a lot. I, uh, yeah, you guys, you guys definitely go through quite a bit. Like, you know, at the end of the day, we always joke about, oh, we got to make sure the scene's secure for you, but... Dude, when there's a gunshot wound victim, like, it's you guys. You know what I mean? Like, we obviously do as much as we can. If we apply chest seal, do whatever. But at the end of the day, bro, you guys are in there and you guys are doing whatever you guys got to do, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. You guys are good cooks, too. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I've had I've met some fire guys, man. They're, the guys are pretty good cooks. They spend 50% of the time in the kitchen, probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. My, my boy, he's a uh, firefighter. He's always just like, just chilling, living his best life, dude. I'm like, of course you are. But man, when you guys get your butts handed to you, dude, you guys are, you guys, if if we're super busy, you guys are super busy, man. And we're always busy, so. Yeah. Like Seattle, I mean, I don't know. I don't think he's still there or not. One of my buddies that was in Easton for a while, uh, he was, during the whole COVID thing, he was basically living at the station. They were letting him pick up overtime. And he was just, he was just there all the time. Yeah, he's like, might as well just move my dresser here, dude. <laughs> well, and he's like, most most shifts, dude, we didn't even get to sleep at all because it was just one after another. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. And they're all medical calls. Yeah, that's the other thing I was thinking about, man. I was like, those guys, like, they go in, they relax, right? They sleep and they get woken up. Like, dude, I just couldn't do that. That's just, that's tough. That's hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, especially on the overnight shifts and stuff like that, dude, it's me. I just, I sit in the patrol car, dude, and I just... I'm like, I'm dying over here, but I know if I fall asleep, I'm gonna have a hard time waking back up to go to a call. So Yeah. Are you allowed to fall asleep? No. I think it's probably frowned upon. <laughs> yeah. I don't I've honestly I I one time <laughs> the other day, dude, I nodded off for like a minute. Luckily my my partner, she was like right next to me. And I nodded off for like 30 seconds maybe a minute if that did she just scream and scare you oh she just laughed at me oh. uh luckily we're all just kind of hanging out chilling but you know just switching over to graveyard is like so tough right and then like that three that two thirty three in the morning wall you hit right when nothing is going if there's nothing going on at two three in the morning it's like you hit that wall dude where it's like damn like i'm beat but then tones come out and you're like well now i'm wide awake you know but yeah we were sitting there and she's like man he's being awfully quiet like he's never quiet like he never shuts up and then she looks over and she's like oh she's like yeah and so yeah i pop right back up <laughs> yeah we're all just we are sitting back at the station and i was finishing up some paperwork but yeah i try not to fall asleep man it's it's definitely not i good. mean if i was on like a 24 on schedule i think i'd be able to do that and just stay awake the whole time yeah if i was on like a 48 on 96 off schedule i think it I would most definitely need to at least sleep. Yeah, that's why our schedule, I like it. But at the same time, it's like we work 12s, like I was saying earlier. And we're three days on, four days off, four days on, three days off. And dude, sometimes on that four-day week, which is what I have coming up on Friday night, dude, that's those kick your butt, dude. Like by the third night, the fourth night, you're just, you're counting down the hours, man, because you're just beat. And that's four 12s? 
Yeah. So does that mean you're getting overtime like every week? Uh, so I'm pretty sure based off, I don't know, man. <laughs> Honestly, dude, I wish I should probably pay more attention to that, but I don't. Um, it's I think the way they have it set up, it's like based off the schedule and how it operates. I think it's like your actual like. Oh, that's right. It's the rotation, so you're not getting overtime, but obviously, we almost work overtime like every day, and there's. That's right, because like one, I remember I worked a flex schedule where it was like every other Friday you had off. That's how we are. Yep. And so it was like, I forget how it was. It was like one week it was like four, four nine hour days or something like that, and the next week was like something else with throwing an eight hour day here or something. I don't know how. Yeah. I was just so confused, and then eventually I like calculated up my hours for two weeks. I'm like, oh, it equals four or eighty. Yeah. Like okay. Yeah. Yeah, because that's how we are. So it's like I didn't work last Friday, but I'll work this Friday. So Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, and then Monday night. I don't even know what day of the week it is right now. Honestly, dude, I lose track. It's Wednesday. Oh. Because like technically right now for me, it's like morning. Technically for me, it's Sunday. <laughs> yeah. So everything gets wonky, dude. It's like I drink coffee at six o'clock in the evening time, but really to me, it still feels like it's like morning. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's tough adjusting to graveyard. I love the schedule. Like I love graveyard. It's just it's my favorite. Like there's no traffic. I don't have to worry about when I'm driving home down one six seven for there to be any traffic. Right. Um, other than that, though, dude, it's like your your eating schedules off. Like it's just weird, man. It's just, it's all just weird. So you do the best you can. I mean, I was on graveyard for I think a month down at the Auburn yard, and it my body just hated it. Oh yeah, I couldn't dude. get used to it. Yeah, it's tough. It's you feel like groggy and stuff all the time. You kind of feel sick, but then it's weird, man. Like one day you'll just like. Like when I first started, it took me a little bit, but then your body just like switches and obviously I don't think it's good for you, but no, I think it's I probably <laughs> terrible. But. It's probably, it's probably not the best for you. Dude. You're eating like steak and potatoes at like one in the morning, dude. <laughs> so Yeah. It's, it's very odd. Yeah. At least with like swing shift, it's, it's kind of normal because even when I was on like day shift, I still would stay up until sometimes almost midnight. Yeah. And sleep five hours, wake up at five o'clock in the morning or whatever, or 11, go to bed at 11. So now I get home at like 1140 and then I can, I still don't go to sleep until like two. Yeah. And then like, I just don't set any alarms and then I wake up and it's like 11. Like, oh, okay. And then I don't have to leave till 130. Yeah. But it's pretty chill because I have this routine. I get home from work and then I play Call of Duty till like 1 a.m. I love Call of Duty, but I suck at it. Yeah, yeah. I just clap nerds. Yeah, I've never been, uh, never been the best of the game, but I hold my own. Yeah, I'm very inconsistent. Yeah. I'll either go like two and twenty, or I'll go like twenty and two. There's never any in between. Yeah, I usually just die a lot. <laughs> yeah, dude, my KD is pretty rough, dude. <laughs> yeah, my bad. Yeah, but it's fun. It's something to do. Yeah. So. Exactly. But yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm gonna go full force into this whole testing thing i would man like i said you've already got the experience for it and um you've already like i said you've been volunteering for like two years you said prior to coming over so i would dude it's one of those things man that especially right now we first responders man we need help more than people know and uh it's not something that's like really talked about but it's always like you're always getting the questions of why did it take you so long to get here it's like well we have no help you know what i mean so and i'm not too sure how like fire department staffing is because that's like not in my realm but 
I highly recommend it, dude. It's like I said, it's a very selfless job. It's something that you just do. Like for me personally, man, I don't know what it is about this job, but people think I'm crazy for doing it. But it's like, I can't solve my own problems, dude. Like I got my own problems in life that I can't solve, but I love helping other people solve their problems. And it's a trip, man. It's a trip, dude. You've got people who are like 40 years old trying to get you to give their them parenting advice. And I'm like, bro, bro. I can bear, I, I cooked myself pizza rolls for dinner the other night, dude. <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? And so, but it's that gratification you get from doing it, right? Yeah. And no, so sure. that's the thing I recommend, man. It's the sooner you can get in, the better, especially like at our age, you know, retirement stuff. But it's also something that, um, you know, depending on like your family status and stuff like that and your your spouse, like those are conversations like you need to have just like what to expect. Um, me not having no no wife, no girlfriend, no kids or anything like that. I just have a dog. Um, dude, you're going to come home days where you're crabby. Like, and you won't even know why you're crabby. Dude, you'll just be crabby. And so those are things like you need to just like <clears throat> have the conversation with your significant other. Be like, hey, look, like... Some days, like, you need to come home, dude, and you got to have a second. Like, you yeah. to regroup. And I've noticed since I've done this job that there'll be days, man, like, where people will try to talk to me about their problems, like my friends will. And it's like, dude, I don't want to hear about it right now. Like, I love you. Like, I told my boy the other day, I was like, I love you to death, dude. But I just had to listen to and help people for 12 hours sort through their problems. Just let me have one day of peace, okay? Then we can try again tomorrow, you know? So... <laughs> Those are things that you really got to make sure you keep in mind um, because and make sure you have somebody to talk to like our chaplain is kick ass, dude. He's the coolest dude ever. <clears throat> and our department makes it very easy to talk to people um, because when you transition into the public safety world, like what our chaplain tells, I think he told us the average person will experience like one or two traumatic events in their life. You know what I mean? But we see that stuff every day. You know what I mean? Like you're contacting people on their worst days. So he described it as having a fuck it bucket. And this is how he described it to me. He's like, you have a fuck it bucket. And at the end of the day, or when that fuck it bucket's full, you need to dump it. Because if you don't, that's just going to overflow and you're you're screwed. You know, so I think making sure you keep, you keep friends around who are A, not in the same field as you. Like keep your friends that like, like wheeling, doing whatever, fishing and stuff. And make sure you keep them separate sometimes because at the end of the day, dude, like when I come home, I don't want to talk about being a cop. I don't want to, I don't like to talk about work unless it's like something cool that happened. You know what I mean? Right. Other than that, man, when I get off, like I love to fly fish. So I just go fly fishing. Don't talk to me about work when we're fly fishing, dude. We're just talking about fishing. If you talk to me about fly fishing, I'm probably going to, or if you talk to me about work, I'm probably going to push you off the boat. So just definitely make sure you have that conversation that, you know, I've like, I even have my family tell me sometimes like, dude, you're crabby. It's like, yeah, dude, just give me a little bit of time. Don't come at me right now. So just definitely make sure that you kind of get that in order before you start. Cause that'll be, that'll be huge. So um, at the end of the day, man, when your when your uniform comes off, I know people are like, well, just, you got to leave all that stuff with your uniform. It's like, bro, it's not that easy, dude. No, it's, and I know people are like, well, like, yeah, when your vest comes off, just leave it there. It's like, Bruh. okay it's burned into your brain yeah and it's like the, the some of the stuff you've seen you go through man but it's it's like one of those things as long as you talk about it um i know like a lot of people aren't a lot of people don't talk about it but as long as you do it's it's okay you know what i mean and so yeah just make sure you keep those things in mind man and i would definitely go full-fledged for it i i think working in public safety is the best job ever without a doubt yeah i mean the only thing that i guess kind of has been 
making me iffy on like a when is like one I'd have to pay back that sign on bonus if I left like within the next year still I think I would still have to pay it back but then somebody made a good point they're like well I mean if you did do go that route you'd be making probably more money than you're making here so I mean you'd probably be just fine oh yeah yeah that's and I've heard like I don't know if it's the same for fire but I've had some guys that have gone either a switch agencies and done stuff like that and like their department actually paid back that fee or whatever it was oh really Mm -hmm. i don't know if it's like the same for like outside of like coming from somewhere else like i'm not too sure to have to check with them but it's definitely a question to ask i'm be like hey look dude if like i'm got hired on like is this something like you can help me with and they tell you no i mean whatever it is what it is but then you just have to pay back warren buffett his eight grand (laughs) yeah yeah so or how long do you have to work for the railroad for before that's you don't have to pay back i don't know it might be a it might be a year and a half or it's either a year and a half or it's my full two and a half year apprenticeship so yeah i would look into that and see because if it's only a year because i'm already almost at a year yeah because if it's a year then dude i would just like start your hiring process and then don't accept the job offer until after your year you know what i mean that way you don't have to pay back yeah because that's why i was kind of thinking like doing the research seeing how long my scores are good for yeah because some agencies i heard is like some agencies they want a new score every six months some it's like a year yeah max so i mean if i'm already at a year then you know i don't see any point in waiting until i get my journeyman card because if i get into fire i'm not going to want to do anything else ever again yeah because i know that's what i've wanted to do since i was a kid yeah so i mean it was either that or being a cop yeah but i don't know i always recommend people if man if you got like a family and if like if it's not embedded in your head that you want to become a cop like if you if like you love fire then go fire dude if you love being a cop then go be a cop it's one of those things that and especially like with being a cop nowadays man it's the just the things that come along with the job it's man you're in it for the long haul dude and it's like i was saying it's it's a long hiring process and so if you're not in it to win it dude I wouldn't even bother. I would just go straight for fire. You've already got the practice for the last two years. You know what I mean? You kind of know what to expect already. I would just jump right in like 100%. Right. Yeah, I do. I could put volunteer experience on there. Yeah. Cause don't most places like require like X amount of volunteer hours before you get hired on or they like to see it at least. I think they like to see it. I don't know if it's required. Cause that's cool. They do that. But like, cause you know, being a cop, they don't allow you to do like volunteer. Yeah. Well, I don't know. On the east side, they have, uh, what do they call it? Citizens Patrol. Citizens? Oh, I didn't Something know that. like that. Oh. Uh, um, Kittitas County Sheriff's Office. Interesting. Like, I've seen Citizen Patrol vehicles. Oh, you know what, dude? Now that I think about it, bro, we have, like, vo- well, we have like volunteer parking enforcement, but that's it. We have, like, people. Who like- would want to do that? Sometimes, bro, like people are old and they just want to spice up their life a little bit, dude, and go cruise around and write people tickets for parking on the side of the road. I guess. Illegally. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like. Do they get a commission off of the ticket? uh, No. No, I think they're just straight. They're strictly just volunteer. They just want to ruin people's days. I guess, man. You know what I mean, dude? Technically, technically they ruin their own day for parking illegally. That's what I'm saying. So, with, you know what I mean? You got to. Yeah, you got to pick and choose. You want to park illegally or I mean, like me personally, I don't I don't like giving tickets. Um, 
like traffic violation tickets unless like you absolutely deserve it. Other than that, man, like I'm more of like somebody who's like, hey, dude, just chill out. You know what I mean? Like I, and I don't, I don't like to stop people for things that I do. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like hard, right? So like I said, double-edged sword where it's like, I may just stop you and talk to you and be like, hey, look, just chill out. Like, yeah, you're doing 12 over. Hey, like this is a heavily populated area. There's people who just randomly run across the street. Please just like slow down. You know what I mean? So that's like my, that's like my MO behind it is I don't like to, I don't like to be that guy, you know? So do you, you guys don't actually have a quota? No. And I don't know why people say that, dude. There's no, I don't know. I can't speak for state patrol because they're their own breed over there. I don't know what they do, but I love their shoes because they're always so clean. But, um, Oh, I don't, I don't, I know for a fact, like we don't like most city agencies don't have a quota. So they don't give a shit if you write tickets or not. Well, yes and no. Like my department's never said anything to us about it. As far as I'm concerned, since I've been there, um, but obviously there has to be some fine line, right? Of like, you know, you broke the law, right? Like, so like if I pull, like if we pull somebody over and I can see that you've, you've done this like 10 times or like five times and you've never gotten a ticket. Okay. You're getting a ticket. Cause obviously you're an habitual offender. I'm going to tell you, listen, dude, you're a habitual offender. You're getting a ticket. Okay. You've gotten four warnings, bro. <laughs> Your <laughs> yeah. fifth one, dude, you are getting a ticket. Um, but I've never like really run into anything like that. So, <clears throat> but like I said, every cop has their style of policing and i'm never one to be like i don't like your style of policing because everybody's got their gig right some people yeah. probably don't agree with me because like i'm just kind of a fun sarcastic dude you know what i mean other people are very strict very straightforward like yep you broke the law you're receiving a ticket and at the end of the day like yeah you broke the law and you can get a ticket but me i'm just like depends you know what i mean like especially with the stigma of, of cops still nowadays like trying to show them like hey you know it's it's okay to i don't know you know what i mean that makes sense yeah the stigma a lot of people do not like cops no man it's the joke the firefighters when people wave at them they get all five fingers man i just get one yeah i just get the bird <laughs> and it's it's sad dude because it's like it's dumb it's and you know there's there's been instances that Yes. Like, do I believe there's bad cops out there? 100%. Do I believe there's certain cops that use their, their badge to, to like, to take charge of things and, and take advantage of it? 100%. Our department, I've never seen that since I've been here. They're very good about controlling that and making sure that that type of stuff does not happen. Um, does it happen around the United States? Absolutely. I'm sure it happens all the time. But I think that's the thing, like, where some people need to take accountability and be like, hey, just because one white guy commits a crime doesn't mean all white guys are bad right and that's unfortunately like what it's turning into now it's starting to get better like we're starting to see a little bit of improvement but still you know man you still see it whenever you scroll around like facebook and whatnot like the whole a cab thing and and all that stuff and and for some reason man this new thing i'm starting to realize is people have this uh like they think that just because like i'm a cop that i don't support like transgender and like all that stuff huh it's it's very interesting. They they think that dude just because just because the uniform I wear that I do not support like transgender or anything like that. Dude, at the end of the day, bro, you do you, dude. I don't care. Like I have nothing against it. Like if if somebody knocked on my door and said, "Hey man, like can you vote for the gay rights thing or this transgender thing?" Sure, dude, I'll vote for you because it doesn't affect me at the end of the day, right? If if it just makes you happy and it doesn't involve anything coming out of my pocket, by all means. But just know like the way that I see it. 
with like all these genders and stuff, <clears throat> I will do my best to address you as respectfully as possible, right? There's going to be times where I'm probably going to mess up. I'm I'm going to screw up on like what your pronouns are or whatever. But do not expect me at the end of the day to do research to figure out why you're, you're gender Z, okay? Like I'm not going to go through the work to try to figure that out. You know, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but I will respect what you choose to do. And I have nothing. It's like, it is what it is, dude. If that's, if that makes you happy, it doesn't affect me. But when you start pawning it off on me saying I'm uneducated, I'm a cop, I don't support this. Like that's where I have a problem with it. You know? Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to go treat somebody like a piece of crap just by, just because they're saying they want to identify as this and that. Yeah. It's like you go identify as whatever the hell you want to identify as. Just, just leave the damn kids alone. Like keep that, keep that crap out of schools, but shoving it down kids throats, you know? Yeah. Like, dude chill because you know some of like my best friends are um like some, some of my best friends are gay and stuff like that and i love them to death you know yeah. I mean? and it's i don't have kids so unfortunately i don't know anything about the whole school thing like i've obviously been like reading about it and my sister she's a school teacher and i praise her for doing what she does because did a thousand screaming kids all day long yeah like, you know, so, but as far as like the whole thing goes, like with all that going on, man, unfortunately, I don't, I don't know enough about it to be able to like comment on it or say anything, but the little bit I've read, it seems a little far-fetched, but you know what I mean? I'm over here just trying to survive, bro. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I know several people that have pulled their kids out of school because of it, because their kid comes home and they're like, oh, this teacher said that I might not be in the right body and I might actually be a girl. And it's like, are you freaking serious? Yeah, that like, stuff's weird, dude. It's like like a seven year old kid comes home saying that stuff. It's like, whoa. Yeah. So it's like now I feel like I gotta tell my kids burn into their brains. You are a straight white girl. You are a straight white boy. Yeah. You were born a boy. You will always be a boy. Yeah, it's stuff like that. So yeah. whatever. Yeah. I know there's gonna probably might be some people that end up listening to this. They're like, oh my god. Yeah. My thing is, man, it's Dick like, hands. I've, I've talked to people about, about this before. It's like, dude, if I, if my kid comes home one day and tells me dad, like I'm gay or whatever, like obviously I'm still going to love you the same. doesn't matter. But right. I feel like if my kid came home from school and, and a teacher is telling my child that you're not in the right body or you are, I don't know. There, isn't there a thing nowadays, like where you're not a male, but you're not a female. You're like, a, there's all sorts of things. Yeah, Apparently they so, have like 80 genders now. Yeah. So like don't let my child figure it out for themselves that's the way i see it if my child grows up and he's more into men than he is to women whatever bro like i would still love you the same like it is what it is but if my child comes home from school and the school is trying to press him about like being blah 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 then we're gonna have a problem but until i have children unfortunately i've never experienced that so at my rate in life dude i'm probably never gonna have kids okay because my love life just strikes out and sucks. So until then, I will continue just being a cop and living my best life. Something like that. Fair enough. Yeah. You know what I mean? Fair I would enough. love to have kids, man. I, I would love to have like two kids one day. And since I was adopted, I'd like to adopt one to kind of give back. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think it's uh, time is right, man. I think it'll it'll happen. Everybody says that, bro. <laughs> the right one comes when you're not looking. All right, dude, whatever. What am I going to do, get blindsided by an uppercut or something? I mean, you could just get on Tinder. I mean, that worked for me. Who knew Rock Bottom had a basement, bro? <laughs> <laughs> so that's all uh, I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah. 
Well, I guess if there was one thing you'd want to say to somebody that is thinking about becoming a cop, what what would it be? Oh, man. Um, You know, dude, don't listen to other people. If it's your dream, it's what you want to do. Follow it, man. You're going to lose friends. You're right. You're going to lose family because of what you choose to do. But at the end of the day, it's do what makes you happy. Um, I lost some friends because of this job and it is what it is like people talk crap about you but just know at the end of the day man like you want to be a cop go be a fucking cop like just know it's one of those jobs that you do a lot of stuff that nobody sees but you know you're doing good even though majority of the world doesn't see like i don't watch the news don't do anything like that like social media to me is very like i'm not very much of a facebook goer like occasionally i'm sure you've seen my facebook occasionally like i update facebook and just talk about life but i never scroll so i never scroll through to whatever i get caught up so just don't get caught up you know people are going to talk bad just let them talk bad and just know at the end of the day like if you're happy with yourself and the things you're doing that's all that matters so yeah man yeah i completely agree with that yeah I mean, you never dreamed you'd grow up to be a sexy cop, but no, you dude, are. Here we are killing it. Yeah. Yep. It's my favorite cup, dude. It is the perfect coffee yep. mug there. <laughs> and then you've got yourself an espresso machine. You're just you're a little dude. barista. Yeah, I figured if being a cop didn't work out, I'd go be a barista somewhere. Yeah, I mean, you you could totally open like a like a Magic Mike's coffee stand. And you could like... Like the banana hammock. You could have a total banana hammock. Yeah. With like... Dude, you could have like a thin blue line by banana hammock. You think so? Well, I don't know. Would that be disrespectful? Have like I, a police flag on your dick? Especially me wearing it, bro, because it ain't going to look that good. So I'd probably leave the thin blue line out. I'd probably just rock like a... You could rock a thin red line. Yeah, they, I'll, they, I'll support you, dude. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Oh, uh, I say we're just wrapping this this puppy up here. Cool. Um, yeah. Thanks for coming on and sharing your... Uh, your story about becoming a police officer yeah of course man podcasts are cool so i figured yeah hopefully we'll get some listeners that are interested in becoming a cop or a first responder or something because i mean obviously no matter what you're gonna do whether it's being a police officer or a firefighter or whatnot the process is it's pretty close to the same other than like the academy that's what kind of separates them but i feel like the um the like the written tests and stuff like that are pretty close yeah because they want to know your cognitive skills and like yeah it's all very similar problem solving and stuff yeah and then they i mean part of the written or what the interview process don't they sit you down and ask you a bunch of like scenario questions like what would you do if this happened yeah so they'll ask you like a lot of like questions like oh if you know you like one of the questions they asked me during one of my oral boards was you and your partner arrive on scene to go investigate a bank alarm your partner tells you to hang outside and watch the perimeter he goes inside and then like a couple seconds later you hear him screaming for help and he's got a costco sized coffee can getting ready to strike your partner in the head what are you going to do so they'll ask you stuff like that or things like you know man you're on patrol you see your buddy backed into an alleyway in his patrol car and he's like taking pills like what do you do like so they ask you a lot of stuff like that like they're just questions that they don't expect you to know because you're not a cop they just want to know like what your how your thought process starts and they want to make sure that you're confident in your answer right so you don't have to be right man you just have to be confident be able to explain why you did what you did so right yeah and that's a big thing that gets a lot of people caught up is 
they don't want you. They, they're not expecting you to know the correct answer. Cause really there's 10 different ways you could skin that cat. You know, it's just being able to like, yep, I'm going to do boom, boom, boom. And here's why. Right. So that's kind of how they operate. So yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm going to go for it. Do it. I recommend it. it. 10 out of 10. Yeah. I think I'll, I got to get on there and see like what dates are for, testing because i think i'd just go do it yeah do you remember what it's like say you pay for it say you fail it don't you not have to pay that full amount to retake it uh no you have to but i think you have to wait 90 days to retake it i think yeah maybe i'll get a maybe i'll order a vest off amazon yeah i would and i would check and see too like because public safety will tell you how many vacancies they have so check their vacancies that'll also decipher like uh like I was like how desperate they are for candidates, right? But well, a lot of times, like when there's a ton of applicant openings, they'll be a lot more like on top of stuff, right? And my biggest advice, dude, is when you start the process, my background investigator, dude, coolest dude ever, most humble dude. The guy actually looked like Thor, bro. He was probably, he's probably one of the most handsome men I've ever seen. And was he yoked? Dude, just Jack, just a big dude. And uh, like I said, man, one of the coolest guys I've ever met. Um, and I hounded him, bro, during my hiring process. Like when I submitted all my stuff, I'll be like, hey dude, this is in, what's the status on it? Like, don't be afraid to be that candidate after you test to stand out and be like, dude, what's next for me? Hey, did you get this paper? Yep, I got this. Okay, cool. What do you need from me next? Like, make sure you stay on top of them. Cause like, I know people who tested for like my agency and other agencies and they lost out because they were like a day late on replying to an email. So you could be, let's say they pull 20 applicants at once and you're number 20, but you're responding more than all 19 others. Dude, they'll bump you up to the front. They'll be like, oh, well, you know, Caden's responding super fast. So let's just get all this. Like, dude, I would work on my stuff sometimes till four in the morning to have it done that day. Like, you know what I mean? So I was up on top of it to the point where I thought he was going to DQ me just because I was annoying him so bad. <laughs> like I, after I got hired on, I was like, I was like, damn. I was like, hey, man, sorry for annoying you. He's like, no, dude. He's like, it actually shows that you have the dedication to do this job, right? So, and don't be afraid, dude. It's going to be weird when you tell them your life story. Like, I tell this to everybody. When you disclose the most, like, I had to tell my background investigator because they figure everything out, dude. They dig so in-depth about your life story that there's things you will tell him that are super embarrassing. That you're like, dude, I've done some like embarrassing shit growing up, but we all have, dude. Like, I'm gonna have to tell him that, yeah, I snapped my leg in half years ago and was addicted to painkillers. Yeah, so it's gonna be uncomfortable to tell him those things, but like, dude, I'm gonna tell you right now, bro, they have heard it all, dude, and don't think they haven't. They have literally heard everything you could possibly think of, but by you disclosing those things, it just shows that you're like, you're a man of character and you're not afraid to admit your wrongdoings in life. You know what I mean? So just always tell people, and it's going to be awkward, man. Like after I got hired on, he would like be walking through the department. I'm like, damn, this guy knows my whole life story. He knows more than my family, knows more than my girlfriend at the time, everybody. So just make sure dude, that it's, that's the best advice I can give you. Just disclose it all. And just know that there's going to be a guy that knows your whole life story, but dude, they don't care. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I mean, I guess I'll, at the end of the day, all they really care about is that you're obviously if you told them you used to be on drugs, I mean, obviously you get drug tested and you're yeah. clean. It's the it's same, so. bro. You lie, you die. And it's a true statement. Oh, I've yeah. seen guys get DQ'd for like one of the guys got DQ'd because his wife filled out his personal, helped him fill out his personal history packet. And at the very end, bro, would ask you, did anybody help you fill out this personal history questionnaire? And he said, no. And then when he got there, he's like, oh yeah, he's asking about it. And he's like, oh yeah, my wife did. Well, he got DQ'd for lying. 
Like, bro, if they can't trust you on a personal history packet, why the hell are they going to trust you out in the streets, right? Right. Like, when I confiscate guns and drugs and money, bro, ain't, ain't nobody there, dude. Like, you're sitting here with $20,000 just from some drug dealer. Like, if I can't trust you to fill out a packet, how the hell am I going to trust you with that money, you know? So there's nothing wrong with being wrong, right? Or, or messing up. Just be like, dude, I've messed up at work a lot. I'm just like, hey, man, sorry, dude. I'm a dummy. I'll fix it better next time. I may fuck up again, but I'll figure it out, you know? So just make sure, dude, it's, that's the biggest thing to keep in mind. You lie, you die. And it's a true, true statement. Yeah. So just know they are going to know your entire life story and stuff that I didn't even remember, dude, that I was like, like bro, he dug up like, old old facebook post dude from like in school when a girl told me that she was going to take a mold of like my boy part she told me she was going to cut it off and make a mold of my boy part and then she was going to use it on herself and i commented back to her i was like bro you need jesus and he actually had that bro and he thought it was the funniest thing ever he's like i could tell the type of character you had i was like well, yeah bro it was weird do you remember who that was mm -mm, not a clue i don't remember him he's like yeah he's like i was like you sure it was me he goes yeah bro he found my facebook and my facebook was like deactivated and gone but they still can find all that stuff you don't remember what girl did that mm -mm. where i was like i was asking about it. he's like what and he's like yeah look dude and i was like damn <laughs> was, wow yeah so yeah man they'll they'll ask about all that stuff and like i said during the process, man, if you ever need any help or anything like that, you can always put me down as a reference. Um, if you have help through the, if you need some help through the process, I'm more than happy to help you. So, yeah, I mean, like we said, it's probably, it's basically the same exact process with getting going anyway. Yeah. And I got it's a, the same, my, testing uh, place. my buddy's been a firefighter for 25 years or something like that. And uh, so I could also put you in touch with him and he can help you kind of. I wonder how much different the hiring process is now from when it was 25 years ago, like when he started. It's probably quite a bit different. Yeah, we'll just leave it at that. It's a lot different, a lot of different candidates. So just uh, yeah. I always tell people, dude, when I went to the academy, my uh, um, my uh, my trainer said, just sit in the back of the classroom shut up and get out and i was like yes sir <laughs> i will shut up and just sit back that's what i did man i sat in the way back of the classroom and just like i said i was never the smartest kid in that academy class but i would just kind of stuck right in the middle of the pack and got in and got out you know so right on yeah all right well i see yeah i see we finally wrapping this puppy up here yep hour and a half <laughs> that was a long time yeah i know it didn't yeah. it felt like 30 minutes yeah but yeah thanks for coming on and sharing your uh experience with becoming a, a cop so yeah hopefully hopefully it can inspire some people to actually get out there and do what they want to do because i mean there's probably a lot of people sitting there pondering it yeah yeah definitely like i've been pondering this for my whole life i guess yeah. And they can feel free to reach out if they have any questions or comments or anything like that. And maybe we can link up again soon and do some, we can do like a story podcast about some cool stuff that we do out there in the streets. So, yeah, no, that'd be cool. Yeah. So cool, man. Well, I appreciate the opportunity for being on here. Yeah. If only the video camera would have worked. Like maybe my ugly ass just was <laughs> like, nah, I'm good, bro. <laughs> yeah. This is, this might be my bad side too. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Both sides are bad for me. So it's cool. Yeah, I'm ugly and I'm proud. Louder. Isn't that what it's supposed to be? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah, if anybody uh, would like to be on the show, go ahead and send us an email at the weekly struggle podcast at gmail.com and we will catch you guys on the next one.